You are Locked On Cubs, your daily Chicago Cubs podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This episode is brought to you by Locked On MLB. Join walking baseball encyclopedia Paul Francis Sullivan. Sully! Every day on Lockdown MLB for a unique look at the majors, both present and past, featuring exciting guest interviews, routine check-ins from Lockdown MLB Network team of local experts, insightful analysis of the day's biggest stories. Lockdown MLB is the single best source for daily baseball talk. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts. What is up, Cubs fans, and welcome to Lockdown Cubs, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Joe Kilgallen. You can follow me on Twitter. That's at Joe Kilgallen. Give this podcast a follow. That's at Lockdown Cubs. We should be feeling great, Cubs fans. We should be feeling great. The Cubs won last night by a score of 4-3 to three over the San Diego Padres, clinching the series. I hope we take out the Swiffer today and Swift those Padres away. That'd be fantastic. There's just something in the air. It was a night game, beautiful weather, that June buzz, right? Kids are getting out of school. More and more people are like, you know what? Let's stay out for one more. I could be late tomorrow. It'll be an easy, I'll coast at work tomorrow. That was just the feel in the air. There's a crispness and the Cubs are in first place. That you got to love too. Absolutely. And, and also, there's a lot to talk about. I'm getting ahead of myself a little bit, everyone. Thank you for checking out the Lockdown Cubs podcast. We will be talking about, we'll be breaking down, of course, last night's victory of the San Diego Padres, examining Patrick Wisdom's career, and, and is he for real? I'll also have a second part of the interview, the crossover episode I did with Javier Reyes, the host of the Lockdown Padres podcast, in which we talk about Kyle Hendricks. Perfect timing, because Kyle Hendricks went tonight, or last night, I should say, for the Chicago Cubs. And I'll also dig into a little dirty Craig because Craig Kimbrell has been phenomenal. He gets the save last night. Hendricks gets the win. The bullpen continues to just be absolutely lights out. I think I want to lead off by, by saying this, though. There are a lot of Cubby naysayers out there, a lot of Cubs haters, if you will, who during this recent resurgency of excellent baseball being played on Chicago's North side have kind of brought up the fact that, ah, oh, well, you know, they played the pirates a lot and the reds aren't very good. And yeah, sure. They were 19 and eight in the month of May, but, 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 but just looking for the negatives, looking for ways to tear down the Cubs and try to give off the impression that these Cubs aren't for real, that they're more like the team who started the season in April who couldn't string together two hits. That's that's what they're trying to do. And what's the most annoying is that some of these people claim to be Cubs fans. You ever come across these people where all they say, all they do is talk trash about the Cubs. And then you're like, wait a minute. Are, are you sure you're a Cubs fan? How are you a fan of something when all you do is talk about how terrible it is? That I, I don't get people like that. You usually don't come across them in sports too often because, I mean, yeah, obviously there are tons of sports fans who are just always like, oh, this team's terrible, fire everyone, and they they never believe. And when the team does win, they act like it's a miracle. I get that. I, I get that. Th- those people do exist. But it's incredible to see it in baseball because baseball is every day. In football, you understand your team gets off to a one and three start. You can kind of write off the season. Baseball, though, 
And it's, and I know this was a weird off season for the team. We, we traded away you Darvish. That's been talked about every other day on this podcast and probably every Cubs podcast. And there was a lot. Why aren't we spending? What's going on? There's not going to be enough people at Wrigley. Ownership's going to use it as an excuse. All these free agent kind. They haven't extended anyone. I get it. I get it. Trust me. I'm right there with you. I've been very, very vocal about how angry I am that none, there's not one, not one extension has been accomplished yet. That's awful. So I'm not going to pretend like I'm not also right there with you, Cubs fans, because I am. We're right. We're on the same bus. But in the same regard, I looked at this team thinking, if this is their last year together, I'm going to try to enjoy it, which I hope everyone is doing right now because the Cubs are playing a very enjoyable brand of baseball. They really are. Patrick Wisdom, what a game. But I really, before I dive into Patrick Wisdom, though, because again, there's a good question. Is this guy just hot first, first full week with the team? And he's just... Other teams are kind of like, who's this guy? All right, fine. We'll throw a fastball right here. Whoa, okay. He socked that one pretty good. But So let's let's really take a look at the career Patrick Wisdom had before joining the Cubs. But before that, I wanted to say to the naysayers, the ones who have said, oh, we've played the Pirates all the time and blah, blah, blah. The Cubs are 10-1 and one against the Dodgers, Cardinals, Mets, and San Diego Padres. Why did I name those four teams? Because those are four of the top five teams based on you know record and everything else in the National League. The only top National League team we have yet to face is the Giants, and we're facing them this weekend. And if you're listening, Giants fans, we're not scared of you. Why'd I whisper? I don't know. For a dramatic effect, maybe? We're not, we're not afraid. We're not afraid of you, San Francisco. Okay. By the way, I don't like Giants fans. I really don't. I don't know. If the hey, host of Lockdown Giants. If you hit me up, I might I might say, yeah, sure, I'll do a crossover podcast with you, and then I'll never show up. You'll send me the link, and I'm not going to respond to it, okay? Because I'm still holding a grudge because of the way Giants fans treated me during Game 3 of the NLDS back in 2016. The worst, those Giants fans. We went there, me and a buddy of mine, shout out to comedian Brennan McGowan, went up there. Drove five hours from LA. I was living in Los Angeles as Los Angeles at the time. Sorry, everyone. I'm so excited and, and annoyed because I was thinking about this this particular Giants fan. This guy was a jerk, spitting on people's seats when they stood up. I threw something at him at one point, but then I was surrounded by enemies. So you got to be you got to be careful in that situation. And we were way up in the upper deck, and I'll threaten to throw you off of the upper deck. Which, by the way, children listening, you don't want to do that. Okay, that's. There's legal ramifications there, but I was, I was upset. I, I thought this guy was very rude and it just started screaming 1908 when we lost the game. Cause we lost in extras. And I really wish I was there the next day. If I was there when the Cubs had that epic comeback in game four, a little refresher, everybody, the Cubs beat the giants in four games in the NLDS in 2016. And the whole giants fan base thought, Oh, we won in 2010, 2012, 2014. So believe even we got to win that, you know, every other year, that's what we do. And then they were making fun of Cubs fans saying, you have won since 1908 and they're being real rude about it. And so I remember thinking, man, if we were there the next day, I would have found that guy and gotten right in his face going, oh, I guess you're even your streak is over. I would have done, I would have done it just like that. And then maybe a few other choice words that I'm not, I'm going to, I'm going to keep to myself. If you want to know exactly what I would have said, you could email the podcast locked on Cubs at Gmail. And I'll tell you all the curse words I would have used. I'll do that. Um, I'm going to give some shout outs to some listeners at the end of the podcast too. I've been getting some great response. I want to recognize you guys 
uh, for keeping it fun on Twitter. Okay. If you guys aren't into Twitter and you still listen to this podcast, I love you all the same. Send us an email. I'm going to come up with some more interactive stuff for uh, everyone to participate in. So uh, be on the lookout for that. All right. Patrick Wisdom. Cool name. We're, we're all going to get it over the puns pretty soon. You know, like uh, the Cubs are smart. They've got wisdom. Like, the, I mean, there's some fun ones. Don't get me wrong. But uh, I'm just saying, let's not uh, let's not go overboard too early in the season. Right. He is a 29 year old. Big guy, 6'2", 220, right? Uh, in his very short appearances with the Cubs, he is 9 for 18. He's batting 500 with four home runs. He's already worth, uh, well, this is before today, so or before last night's game, I should say, so they haven't updated it on fan graphs, but he was a 0.5 war in just a short 42 plate appearances. Or, I'm sorry, 18 plate appearances. What am I even saying? He gives you a solid at bat. I, I just, I'm a big fan of what he's bringing to the table. And I was going over his uh, minor league numbers, drafted by uh, the Cardinals, yeah, the 21st pick, 52nd overall in the 2012 draft. He is a guy who showed a lot of promise early in um, his minor league uh, career. I'm looking at his, tw- always oh, got high strikeout guy for the most part, though. So he's a guy who will strike out a lot, but he he walks a good amount, pretty uh, works the count, deep counts and all of that. Like his age 21 season in A ball, he had 13 home runs, which is really solid for that level. And especially, you know, uh, only about 400 at bats. So definitely showing early power right there. Uh, yeah, he's had some big seasons in the minors, but never really got a fair shake come like triple A, his triple A season. Wow, look at these numbers. In triple A, he had he was 200, he had a 257 weighted runs created plus. 257. That is like historic. That is that how that's how good he was in triple A with St. Louis. But for whatever reason, they only gave him a, a brief, brief sip of uh coffee there in the show in the 2018. Didn't make his major league debut until 2018. But again, in that 58 plate appearances, four home runs, that's tremendous power. It's not the four home runs he has in 19 at-bats right now, but that's still very, very good. Four home runs and 58 at-bats. He had a 10% walk rate. Yeah, struck out a lot right there, but still hit the ball pretty well. Could play the corner infield spots. Could probably play the outfield in a pinch as well. Yeah, he had a 520 slugging. So for whatever reason, though, the Cardinals decided to uh, let him go to Texas, and then uh, the Cubs were able to pick him up uh, on a minor league deal right before the 2020 season began. And yeah, you know, only played, he had two plate appearances in 2020 with the Cubs, with the big team. And this year has just been phenomenal. Phenomenal. You got to love what you're seeing out of this guy. And uh, I hope it continues. I really do because he's, he seems like a guy who's, it's just a nice swing. I like hitters with the short, compact swing. The only player that has a long swing that I still like is Ian Happ because I think it's really just long on the follow through. Although when he's going wrong, it's a little bit long coming through the zone too. So that's why he's a guy that when he struggles, you can see like, ah, you're getting a little long and loopy with that swing, but when he's going right, he tightens it up and then he's a little more explosive through the zone. So that's really what you want to see out of Ian Happ. Today's episode is brought to you in part by fully loaded chew. Fully loaded chew is tobacco free, long cut, 
and pouches that give you the same pack, dip, spit, and buzz you're used to without tobacco. Available in nine flavors. Fully Loaded Chew is made with all food-grade ingredients and tobacco-free nicotine, the purest form of nicotine available. So think about it. You guys know that famous scene in the movie The Sandlot, right? That, that, that chew, that stuff was not tobacco-free, though. That was loaded with tobacco, and they ended up throwing up all over the place. You're not going to have that with Fully Loaded Chew. This stuff is legit, okay? So you still get that nice, solid buzz that you like to have on a nice summer afternoon, throwing the ball around without... Without that sick feeling you might get afterwards. Fully Loaded Chew is offering Locked On team listeners a special offer. Right now, you could try a can for just $1. That's right, just a buck. Go to www.fullyloadedchew.com and use promo code Locked On. Just $1 and free shipping if you use the code Locked On at checkout. The next time you go for a dip, make it Fully Loaded Chew. FullyLoadedChew.com. All right, Cubs fans, I'm going to cut to. Part of the interview I had with Lockdown Padres host Javier Reyes. We were talking about Kyle Hendricks, and it was pretty interesting to see. I'll just let you guys listen away. I, I like I already not to repeat my points, but this team could really use a U Darvish right now. Kyle Hendricks is struggling a little bit, and I might as well transition to that. Well, um, I will Hendricks stick up for is, Kyle Hendricks. Yeah, um, we'll go ahead and transition. I'm sorry. He's um no problem. He's gonna be starting tomorrow's game against Ryan Weathers, or I should say tonight's game when people are listening to this. Um, hopefully. Uh what is kind of the feeling on him? Because he's been arguably the most consistent like B plus or a minus starter in the league. This guy doesn't strike out a ton of people. He induces some ground balls sometimes, but he is literally the peak of con- of consistent. But so far he's been getting hit pretty hard in some games. Uh, is that like a little bit of bad luck? Is it that he ended up on the, I think, did he had a COVID? I don't know if he ended up on the COVID list for a second. Um, uh, or- he did. They, uh, he didn't end up it? on the COVID list. Cause it was, he tested negative, but it was precautions. Cause he had like, was, a couple symptoms. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like maybe that's one of the things, maybe it threw him off. Maybe he's just having a grip. What's kind of the feel on Hendricks. Is he going to bounce back? Do you think he'll win tonight's game? I don't know. What do you got? Well, he has been bouncing back actually. That's why I was going to uh, jump in to stick up for him a little bit. What's really interesting about Kyle's season. And they posted this graphic and I felt very like vindicated. Cause I was mentioning on the podcast to people, I was saying, I got to dig at the numbers because I have a feeling if you remove his two starts against Atlanta and every hitter on Atlanta, I remember what his first start against Atlanta in April, they were showing like Freddie Freeman career against Kyle Hendricks, 390. Marcelo Zuna career against Hendricks, 420. Uh, Ronald Acuna, four, I'm like, man, God, this entire team destroys Hendricks. <laughs> and then that game, he gave up like seven earned in two innings. And then his, he started against him the next week and got shellacked. And I was looking at if you take his starts against Atlanta out of his ERA, his ERA is a respectable about a three even. So, mm-hmm. and he's been tra- he's been trending in the right direction lately. He had a weird start against I can't remember who it might have been Cincinnati where it was just bloop single, bloop single, bloop single, and that's mm-hmm. going to happen when you don't strike out a lot of guys. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of factoring in. But he's really the numbers are going in the right way. Zach Davies had a horrific April. And Zach Davies, fun fact, because a uh, friend of mine tweeted this out, Zach Davies had a lower ERA in the month of May than you, Darvish. Mm. Obviously, you, Darvish, is a much better pitcher than Zach Davies, <laughs> but I'm having a little fun with you, of course, here. No, no, I so Hendricks is going the I right way. It. I see it, yeah. yeah. Um, and look, Kyle's Davies, underrated, though. He still is. Yeah, I, I 100% agree. I think part of that was because he was a little, he was, he's hiding behind, not hiding, that's a wrong word to use but he's behind darvish he's been behind some other guys you know even when jake arietta i think hendrix was good around when 
area has like the best second half ever for a pitcher. Like he's just been a little bit forgotten, but, and I think it's because every time you get those guys who induce a lot of ground balls and don't wipe out people, they're not Corbin Burns they're not Garrett Cole, Jacob deGrom. Everyone's just, they always expect, oh, okay, he's just getting lucky, but then it keeps happening. It keeps happening every year. So I have faith in him. I'd say I have more faith in him to bounce back than Blake Snell, believe it or not. But uh, that is a good point. Acuna is a monster and he is yeah. just been absolutely unbelievable. It's a shame kind of that their their manager is a little bit old school. It doesn't seem to always stick up for him uh in every situation. But uh terrible. Yeah, like Larusa with the White Sox. Yeah, like Larusa with the White Sox. Um yeah, so I'm curious to see what happens there with with Hendricks. I think that he is going to be good. And I'm wondering like for the rest of this rotation now, what's kind of the story about the Cubs with the rest of the rotation? Is it lacking? Is it could they make a trade somehow? I, I know that they're the question with them is whether or not they'll sell, but I'm curious. Yeah, I guess that'll be my last question for you is kind of like, are people not talking about what if they buy at the deadline? Is that possible? Or is this a thing where, like you said, ownership is just pinching pennies and acting like this team can't go anywhere, despite the fact that playing really, really good baseball right now? Yeah, they really are playing strong baseball. While our president of baseball operations, a name you should be familiar with, Jed Hoyer, has been saying that if you know if we're there there is room to make a deal. He's He's been on the radio saying that if this team is needs something to put him over the top, we will do it, especially since capacity at Wrigley Field has just been expanded recently. It's now up to like 60%. And so things are looking better on, on that front. I do believe they need another starter. Mm-hmm. So there's a team I've been watching in the standings, the Washington <laughs> Nationals. I keep rooting Ooh. for them to lose uh-huh. uh, because I want Max Scherzer. I mm-hmm. think Nick Scherzer's still putting up good numbers. His fastball still 96. And, you know, he's got postseason experience. He's a free agent in the offseason, so maybe they could get him to stick around a little bit. You know, we've got a lot of young arms coming through. The Cubs forever just weren't developing pitchers. They developed so many great hitters over the last decade, and they just couldn't get any hit, uh, pitchers through the ranks. But this year, we've got a lot of arms coming through. So many of our this, this two rookies in our bullpen, Tommy Nance, who's a great story. He was playing independent ball a year ago, 30-year-old, throwing 97 with one of the best spin rates of a curveball in baseball right now. Keegan mm-hmm. Thompson has been on fire. Our bullpen is it's the strength of this team right now. I mean, the offense has definitely jumped up. Like I said, we were second to the Padres right now in like runs per game, I believe, at least over the last six weeks. And uh, But as far as the starting rotation goes, Hendricks is he's trending upwards. He's kind of figured it out. Davies had a really strong May. Adbert Elzele, who's our rookie, who's got nasty stuff, throws 96, 97, uh, a killer slider. He's I'm very confident in him. Arietta has been kind of like every other start. He'll have a start where he gives mm-hmm. you six innings to earn, and then the next start he's giving you like four and two-thirds and four or five runs. So it's kind of he's kind of yo-yoing back and forth. Mm-hmm. I'd really like to see him kind of become a little more consistent. And he was earlier in the year and then had some finger things. So he was on the 10-day IL, and since he's come back from that, he's been, again, mm-hmm. up and down. We need another starter, though. I, I, I'm confident with Hendricks and Elzele at the top, but I would like another ace level. You know, if we could give you four teenagers and Zach Davies for you, Darvish, that'd be cool. Um, <laughs> I don't know if Sandy yeah. was interested. Yeah, I don't. I don't think so. I think that they're uh, pretty uh, happy with you, Darvish, right now. It's funny seeing, um, like, with what am I favorite? I keep making this joke way too much, but the whole I love when people get overexcited about a prospect that's like 
really it's like a single it was the catcher guy that we gave in the trade i forgot his name uh catcher in first base and someone's like here's the guy that the padres gave up like look at this video and it's him like taking batting practice like on the it's like all right it's like on a potato iphone and i'm like all right th- does that really mean anything guys no offense to him it could he could be great but it's just stop looking you're reaching a little bit uh acting like this is proof enough that he's going to be uh something great and you know to a degree i'm still rooting for zach davies too i loved watching him last year i know he got beat up a lot so far this year i somewhat thought that that might happen just because i'm i think he was just r- way too good last year i think that people catch on the fact he loves that little sinker outside and away he looks like peter parker pre-spider bite like that guy is just he's such a little guy i love davies I- Have you guys heard about Sports Trade? It's where fantasy sports meets the stock market. This is amazing. Sports Trade takes fantasy to the next level. It's like Robin Hood for fantasy sports. Their platform allows you to buy and sell shares in your favorite players, just like the real stocks. Finally, a fair and exciting way to cash in your knowledge of sports. If you're one of those people that's like, trust me, I've got the best judgment. I know who's going to be a star. I know who's going to be a bust. This is just the thing for you. Making money with sports trade is simple as a player values rise and fall based on two factors. One, their statistical performance in each game is compared to their projected fantasy points in that game. The more points scored, the higher their value goes. And two, the second, good old supply and demand, baby. The more demand a player has, the higher their value goes. Makes sense. As a Cubs fan, Edbert Elzalea, look out for him. Simply go to sportstrade.com, watch the How It Works video, and then sign up to get started. Sign up today at sportstrade.com and discover the fun and exciting and profitable new world of sports trading. This is truly the evolution of fantasy sports. You will be amazed. Don't send the sidelines any longer. Get in the game at sportstrade.com. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and your UFC MMA action. I think that Jake Paul guy's fighting someone again, so maybe they got some boxing coming up too, perhaps. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news. Sign up for bonuses and contest information. Do not sit on the sidelines anymore. Head to the website and use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's right, 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sports experts. Promo code locked on. Let's talk dirty Craig Kimbrell. Wow. What a performance. Struck out the side, throwing 99 mile an hour smoke slider that was just breaking away and making the hitters just be like, okay, what what am I going to do with that? Is that that legal? Is that fair? Well, actually, it's pretty funny. I was talking to my dad the other day about how Major League Baseball is really going to start to crack down on players using different type of gripping agents and they... There's something going on, right? Come on. Come on. You've noticed it too. I'm not alone on this. There's, I've seen it on every, every game I've watched. You know, there's something where I'm like, that pitch didn't look legit. I know there's been so many advancements, and the Cubs pitch lab has been phenomenal. I'm pretty sure I mentioned the other day, Cole Stewart, who just came up, former first-round pick, who uh, won Monday's game on Memorial Day against the Padres. He gave a lot of love and respect to the Cubs pitch lab. They've been doing great things. And a lot of uh, teams have these pitching infrastructures now in place. And the technology is phenomenal. It's, that's why I don't even like comparing eras. It's not even fair. Like These guys have all of these things. Think about like 50 years ago. 
guys were literally like, oh, you mean I shouldn't be smoking cigarettes in the dugout? Oh, I shouldn't be smoking them anywhere ever because they're horrible for your health? Oh, we didn't even know that. That's They literally didn't even know this 50 years ago. And now we've got guys who are just, they see pitchers these days and go, oh, you throw 91? Here's our training. We're going to get you in on a simulator. We're going to have the computers. We're going to have all these things going on for you. We're going to change your grip. We're going to figure out different exercises, nutritional plans, all this kind of stuff. And we'll have you throw in 98 by the end of the month. Maybe not a month, but end of the season. It's it's really, it's remarkable. And that's why Theo Epstein, former president of baseball operations for the Cubs, who is now working in the Major League Baseball commissioner's office. I don't know how closely he's working with Rob Manfred. And if he is, I'm hoping he's telling him, hey, Rob, this is what you're doing wrong. And I hope that Rob was smart enough to listen to the great Theo Epstein. But one of the things they're talking about is how things are just really tilting so strongly toward the pitcher's favor that they're going to have to... Uh, mix it up a little bit, and also prevent pitchers from cheating. It's already hard enough to hit you, and you're also doing stuff. Some people believe it's like a sunscreen mixed with sweat or the rosin bag and something else. Wait, wait, rosin, band and, rosin bag and sunscreen? I, I don't know. It was, it's fishy. It's very fishy. But Dirty Craig, though, we saw it at the end of last season. Not even the end. I want to say he had a horrible first three or four weeks. Three weeks was only a two-month season, really. And then he kind of took off. From mid-August through the end of the year, I feel like he had like seven outings in a row where it was 2K, 2K, 2K. Just two strikeouts in appearance. There's a great Twitter account, if you guys are active on Twitter, called At Pitching Ninja. And he will do like overlays where it shows like where the release point is and, and things like that. And it's just it's pretty incredible. It's pretty incredible how nasty Craig Kimbrell is when he's on. I remember I saw the Padres in San Diego, and I remember when he came in. He was he was on the pod. I felt the same way when he came in with the Braves. He was just a guy that you just like. I don't. This is this game's over. He was so automatic. He's without a doubt going to the Hall of Fame. It might have been put into question the last two seasons. Because, you know, he was really terrible in 2019 for the Cubs. And then last year, of course, he lost his closer's job. And so you're kind of thinking, oh, who knows? Maybe does he have enough to get there? But the way he's pitching now, he definitely solidified it. He's won a World Series with Boston. He's been a seven-time All-Star. He's only going to keep rising the ranks uh, as far as, like, all-time saves leaders go. He's got the highest strikeout rate in Major League Baseball history. This guy will be in Cooperstown. And it's at a point where the Cubs have an, an option on him. That's what made him such an attractive trade target when this season began. Because, you know, he had a solid April. He was like the one guy where everyone's like, well, at least he's pitching well. They could really get something for him. Every team seems to be desperate for another bullpen arm, especially a closer with his pedigree. They're going to be able to really maybe get a top 50 prospect for him. This is great. People are thinking if this is going to be some sort of bridge slash like mini rebuild or retool, whatever people want to say, if this is going to be that type of season, then yeah, just keep rooting for him to continue the way he's been. And who knows, maybe they'll jump the market and trade him in early June. Well, here we are in early June in first place, arrow only pointing up. And I'm thinking you can't trade your closer. You, you just can't. And I think the Cubs are going to really, obviously the rest of the month is still at play and, and a lot can happen. We all know as quickly as I said, you can't give up on a team in April. You can't just, you can't assume anything in sports, especially one, a sport like baseball. But I really do believe 
that the Cubs are going to look to be buyers and Kimber will be here throughout the whole season. And if he finishes, if he continues this way, I'm sure he's, there's going to be hiccups along the way. Of course, that will happen even with the best. But if he is an all-star through the rest of the year and has about the same second half as he has a first half, why not pick up the option? I know it's a little pricey. I guess it would have to depend on extensions to your big guns first, meaning Bryant, Rizzo, Javi. See where see where you are with that. After you extend at least two of the three, then you could look to say, all right, maybe we'll pick up the option on Kimbrell. But then again, I don't know. I'm torn a little bit on that because this whole bullpen is so many guys where I'm like, I could see Ryan Tapera being a great closer. I could see Tommy Nance taking on that role. They all have electric stuff. So it's it's going to be really interesting to see. I just know as a fan, I love seeing Craig back the way he once was. It's a great comeback story. And a lesson on don't judge a contract before it's through. We, we saw that with you, Darvish. He was terrible when he first. There's a lot of Cubs in the Cubs history. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's they get a little overwhelmed by Wrigley Field. I think in Craig's case, it really was not having a spring training both those seasons. But I remember for the older fans, remember Moises Alou? He was terrible his first year here. Derek Lee was bad his first season with the Cubs, although that was a trade, but still same mentality. It's my first year here. John Lester's first. I actually hit a really strong second half in 2015, but the first half of 2015, he was a little bit just, you know, not not what you were paying him to be. And then uh, who's another great example? You Darvish is the latest example. So there's a lot of players that when they first come here, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's the history of Wrigley Field. Like I said, there's something that kind of makes them where they're a little slow at the gate. I used to think it was so many day games. Guys come from a different team where they play all night games. And for the longest time, the Cubs were vast majority day games. Now I feel like the scales have tipped where they're almost as many night games as day games. I don't know what the breakdown is anymore, but I'm glad that the alderman in the city of Chicago loosened that up. That never made sense to me as a fan. You mean to tell me you buy a place or rent an apartment right by Wrigley Field, and then when that team is playing, that upsets you? That I, I never understood that. I always thought whenever there was votes, because there was so many times when the ownership was trying to do renovations and they were like, well, we're going to have a, a Lakeview vote. Everyone, all the residents are going to like have their say. And we're going to have a town hall meeting. And I'm like, the state stadium's been there for a hundred years. You moved here from some small town in Michigan 18 months ago. And now you get a say that, that makes zero sense to me. The only people who should have had any say or any speaking rights at those town halls were people who are over the age of 100. If you were born before the stadium was built, then I, then you could you could weigh in. What is that, Gertrude? Oh, you don't mind? You're cool. You loved growing up right by Wrigley Field. It's all these all these annoying kids that that are ruining it for you. Yeah, I don't get it either. I don't get it either, Gertrude. Why would you move near Clark and Addison and then complain about a baseball team? You didn't see that huge stadium when you were looking at apartments. Really, you didn't see that. Come on. It annoys me. <laughs> All right, everybody. There's just been a, a lot to, a lot of fun stuff going on. Hopefully, uh, when you listen to me next, we'll be talking about a Cubs sweep of the San Diego Padres, and then I'll be previewing the series, looking ahead against the San Francisco Giants, who are currently in first place in the NL West, so another tough opponent for our beloved Cubs. The Cubs are getting healthier. A lot of fun things on the horizon. I got some cool segments coming your way. I'm going to have some guests on, too, working that in. So be sure to keep checking out the Lockdown Cubs podcast as part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. I've been your host, Joe Kilgallen. And as always, go Cubs.
Check out Locked On Today, everybody. Get all your sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you listen to your podcasts.